0: From Centered, welcome to the Take Root Podcast, where our purpose is to share testimonies that encourage you to deepen your roots of faith. Join host Karen Johnson to hear stories of those who have experienced God directing their own lives to a deeper, engaged faith. So friends, it is so wonderful to be with you again, and I have a real treat for you today um, in introducing you to a young man that is uh, a new friend of mine. His name is Evans Ka'ami, and he is a graduate student at the Evans School of Public Policy and Governance at the University of Washington. He is a student advocate who is serving in multiple community organizations and state agencies to improve the well-being of students in our institutions of higher education across the state of Washington. Evans is a man of deep faith whose journey will amaze and inspire you. So welcome, Evans. Good to see hey. you today. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So, Thank you. Uh, just so delighted to be with you today, and I'm very excited for people to hear your story. So, why don't we just begin by you telling us a little bit about you?
1: Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. I am truly grateful to be here mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. this space and have the opportunity to uh, converse, not just with you but with other people
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: in in the essence of like being able to let people know who God is in our lives and how much God has touched our lives. Um, And not just to have this as like God in the Bible, Mm. but God in our lives and how that manifests in our day-to-day lives. And so I have been blessed to have two families. Um, my biological family that is still in Kenya right now, and my God-given family uh, mm-hmm. that God has gifted me with, um, and it's been a journey. Yeah, because I cannot explain where I am today, or where yeah. I might be in the next few decades without the support of these two families. Yes, yeah. God has been faithful mm-hmm. in my life and I've seen him doing things that I cannot be able to explain unless I trust in him, yes. these two families. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I am now in Washington. It's been about five years. Came mm-hmm. from Kenya in 2018.
2: Mm-hmm. and
1: the story of coming from Kenya to here I hope we'll be able to talk about it later it was also God's plan and purpose mm-hmm. uh, and in that I just have the humility uh, to be able to give thanks to God and to the people that is brought to my life mm-hmm. I came here as an engineering student
2: mm-hmm.
1: but as you mentioned I no longer study engineering
2: mm-hmm. I,
1: public service um, which essentially means there has to have been a point in my life where there was a shift uh, in how I looked at things. And so in, and I would just say a little bit about me is to just enumerate how much God has been faithful in gifting me to families. Yes, please. Shifting my mm-hmm. sense of purpose from engineering to public service and gifting me the opportunity to be here in Washington State in America Mm -hmm. and be able to continue doing his work Mm -hmm. to serve his people. Mm -hmm. And it's been a blessing and continue to be a blessing. Mm.
0: So you grew up in Kenya. Tell us about your growing up years and then how God intervened with this other family who helped to bring you here.
1: Yes. Um, So I was born in a small town called Lodwur in the northwest part of Kenya. Um, uh, It's from a tribe called the Turkana people. Mm -hmm. Kenya is uh, divided into about 42 nationally recognized tribes. There's many than that. Wow. Mm -hmm. And from one of the smallest tribes, Um, if you're to rank all the tribes, probably be the 42nd if not the 41st we so like <laughs> uh, and the the tribe's life is nomadic mm-hmm. meaning uh we don't grow crops we don't um we don't do businesses although that has been changing in the last 20-25 years mm-hmm. so the primary means of sustaining life is through raising and rearing animals Mm -hmm. um and so i grew up in this community and lodua is the opposite of washington state it's very dry it Mm. rains probably four times a year
0: oh my goodness
1: um the weather is really really um harsh in terms of conditions Uh and when i reflect back Growing up in that environment, mm-hmm. this deep appreciation to God that I was able to go through that and learn a lot of there's a lot of wisdom growing up in a desert. Hmm. And it's given me a sense of appreciating where I am today and where I might be in the next few, in the in the nearest future. And so my primary family, that's my nuclear family, uh, was stable uh, socially, Mm -hmm. but that was not reflective of the rest of the community. Mm. Uh, My biological father had an education, Mm. was working, Mm. and I still am very, very puzzled on how I was able to do that and And the mechanisms and 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 everything that he was able to build for himself, the limitation was uh, he was not a person who had faith in God.
2: Mm.
1: He tried to be a part of faith uh, as a way to please his wife, my mother, mm. but that's not how the equation works.. Mm believe in God because you want to please someone. You believe in God because you have faith in God uh, because God has called us to do it. Mm. And so when I was six, something happened that I do not know how and why.
2: Mm.
1: My biological mother, her name is Selina, mm-hmm. she had me go live with her parents. Mm. In around 2003, I was six.
2: Mm.
1: So when I went to live with my grandparents, my mom's parents, about two and a half years later, news came: your father's passed away.
2: Mm.
1: And that was the genesis of
2: Mm.
1: how things went in a different direction. That's why. I said, I did not know how and why things had to happen the way they had happened.
2: Yeah.
1: And so the stability that was there because of my father was no longer there Mm. because his brother, my uncle, took Mm -hmm. over the wealth of the family. That was culturally appropriate in part because I was not Mature enough to manage yeah. the welfare of the yes. family. Yes. Mm-hmm. But how that was conducted was truly unfair. Mm. Um, all the lands got sold, oh. all the money got seized, um, many things got taken over. Mm-hmm. So, my mom came and took me from her parents to come back to Lodworth. So, my grandparents live around, at that time, was about eight hours' drive southeast of wow. Lodworth. And so, when I came back, there was a notice you have to evacuate, this land has been sold.
2: Oh.
1: And I don't know what was going on in my mom's mind and heart that time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but she decided to take all the things and leave. Um. And she contacted a friend, uh, mm-hmm. could we be somewhere? And mm-hmm. one of her friends had her with my siblings, and I live in a veranda
2: hmm.
1: for at least two weeks. Remember, in Lodwar it doesn't rain that much. Mm-hmm. But in those 14 days, oh my. it rained. Mm. It was very cold, and it was not a very pleasant condition to be in. Mm -hmm. The reason I still remember that vividly is because growing up, my mom would always remind us, remember those 14 days when it was raining while we were on that veranda.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Do not ever forget that moment, she told us. Mm -hmm. And there's a meaning to that because it helps us, me and my siblings. Look at when was the like the turning point from being a stable family to being an unstable family in all respects of life, financially, socially, emotionally, everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you're how old now?
1: Around that time,
0: I was about nine. Was nine. About that's that that's time. what I thought. And yeah. your siblings? How how old were your siblings? They were they're very
1: young. They were like
0: or three at that time. Okay, so you're the oldest.
1: I am the second oldest, so I have a sister who's older than me, but yeah, she was living somewhere at that time.
2: Okay, okay.
1: And so while there, so unlike my dad, actually, my mom was not that educated. Mm -hmm. So she couldn't secure a very decent job for us to transition again to stability. Uh, But she was able to find a place to rent here and there. And life got very hard.
2: Hmm.
1: Very, very hard. She would go and do miscellaneous jobs like cleaning houses, um, washing utensils in hotels in other people's houses, or taking Hmm. care of other people's children so that we can just get something to eat on that day. Yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't stomach that. Mm -hmm. Because she would leave early in the morning around 5 or 6, and she would come back around 9 p.m. Wow. And that gap, we would just have to rely on our neighbors for food or wait for mom to come back.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So what I did Um, is started going on the streets Mm -hmm. to get something in the meantime before my mom comes so that my siblings and I could get something. So I started selling scrape medals when I go Mm -hmm. on the streets um, and come back. And the street culture is way different. Mm -hmm. If someone were to try to, like, be a part of that they have to come all in Hmm. and so at the age of nine going to the streets um Hmm. a lot happened Hmm. and i was no longer home Hmm. i was just living on the streets camping at other people's houses Um, just there and there were only two alternatives at that moment you're either going to serve a lifetime in prison huh. or death was anywhere in between yeah um, I've lost my friends We would just wake up and someone got killed on the street or the police um, did something and no one would ever hear that person anymore. And so in the midst of this, I still remember vividly Mm -hmm. just going on the streets. I would stop and just say. God equated me for a reason.
2: Mm.
1: This is temporary.
2: Mm.
1: I did not know the magnitude of those words at that time
2: mm.
1: until later. And God's faithfulness came into fulfillment in 2009 mm. when. My God-given family now began to uh, come into into being. So mm-hmm. my mother, my other mother. So my biological mother's name is Selina, mm-hmm. Selina Adonga. My mm-hmm. God-given mother's name is Rachel Swanson. Mm-hmm. So in two thousand and nine, uh, my mom Rachel came to Lord War on a mission trip,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and. While in Lord war, she saw street children, yes, mm-hmm. and her heart was very, very compassionate about mm-hmm. um the situation that she saw, and God called her to do something. Mm-hmm. so she partnered with local pastors uh mm-hmm. to Find out how we can get the kids off the street and be given an education. Mm. Um, So this is 2009.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Around October, around November of 2009, I met my aunt on the street. Mm. My mom's, my biological mother's sister... Um, her name is Alice. And she was like, What are you doing on the streets?
2: Mm.
1: And your mother had almost committed suicide. Life had become so hard. Yeah. Mm. And so I just started like, Okay, I have to go back home.
2: And mm.
1: So. That was the period that I went back home between November of 20, 2009 mm-hmm. and January of 2010 was that when the program became effective. Mm. So I got rescued from the streets. Um, and then I have never been home, like being home to my mother. and But that gave a great relief to my mother. Mm, I bet. The son. Uh, is now in school in a stable place, um, and yeah. So, two thousand and ten started back started school in seventh grade and finished high school wow. in two thousand and sixteen. What was that?
0: Pro- what was the program called that she started?
1: New Hope Children. It's called New, New- Hope.
0: New Hope Children. Yeah, I can still hear the deep emotion. Yep. in your voice, and I see it in your eyes. How How is it that in the midst of that incredibly painful time on the streets mm-hmm. it, where you knew it was either death or jail, how how was it that you still had this hope in God? Where did that come from?
1: So <laughs> when my mother had me go back to live with her grandpa- with my grandparents her parents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she was a Christian my mother was a Christian
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I believe she got the faith from her mother Okay. Mm-hmm. it explains why my, my father mm-hmm. my biological father had no faith but wanted to have faith because of my mother And so, the two and a half years, almost three years of being with my grandparents, I observed my grandmother waking up every morning, 3 a.m., pray until sunrise. Wow. And that image just never left my mind. Mm. It was ingrained in part of me. Mm. And... That faith, I believe, is what sustained me on the streets. Yeah. When I would say, "I believe in you, God," and I hope that you'd be able to change the situation one day.
0: Yeah. Well, wow, that's beautiful.
1: This is because I had seen that in my in my grandmother.
0: Yeah. <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. So that's where your faith came from, and that's encouraging to. Any parent or grandma out there? I'm a grandma now, (laughs) and I I sure hope I am passing on my faith to my little grandsons. So, so you had this opportunity with this new hope, and you went to school there and and made it through like a high school type degree. Finished high school. Oh, you finished high school. That's amazing to come off the streets and and make that kind of a transition, yeah. And then how did that, what was the next step? How did you get to the United States and and you're in graduate school, you know? That's a, This is an amazing story. A street kid from Kenya is now a graduate student at the University of Washington in the Evans School of Public Policy and Governance. That's just, it's an incredible story. What's the next part of it? So I finished high school. In
1: 2016, there was a policy at NIHO program mm-hmm. that once you finish high school, you graduate from the program. And graduating from the program meant you don't have the financial capability to continue mm. the next step of education. So I was a very, very engineering enthusiast at that time.
0: Uh huh. Okay.
1: My physics teacher, his name is Joseph Hmm. Simeo. He's a philosopher, he's a physicist, he's he's everything. Hmm. And he believed in me in high school. He pushed me Hmm. to study mathematics, physics, geography, and chemistry. Hmm. And so, because there was no sense of, like, how can I go to college? What I defaulted to is do engineering work within construction companies in cloud work. So I engaged in building houses and building roads, civil Hmm. engineering work. Wow. Um, Until a moment uh, in the fall of 2017, one of our friends from NIHO program, one of our sponsors, Gave me a scholarship to actually go to college. So wow. I was into petrochemical engineering at that time. Mm-hmm. And petrochemical engineering is three, it's interdi- interdisciplinary, it's three disciplines mm-hmm. together. It's chemical engineering, mechanical engineering, and electrical engineering combined together to become wow. a chemical engineer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So in that fall of 2017 I decided to begin with electrical engineering at a technical college mm-hmm. but the funding was not enough to cover the full year's tuition so I only studied for one semester mm-hmm. and when funding ran out in the fall of, in like in the so fall of 2017 around December of 2017 I came back home mm-hmm. I went back to engineering <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. yep. and so There was, there was, I went back to to like doing the work in engineering companies. I had observed other people doing this work for like decades, Mm. but my heart was not at peace to do it that way. Mm. There was still something in my heart. I was like, no, I don't want to be here this long. Mm. I want to do something else. There was a sense of like a purposefulness that I was searching for. Mm. And what I did is decide to go to the
0: military in Kenya. Oh, oh wow. Okay.
1: So I had done so well in physics and, and geography and wanted to go and become an aerospace engineer or fly jet pilots. Um,
2: uh-huh.
1: become a jet pilot in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. So it took me about a month to... Persuade my biological mother because she was very opposed to the idea of going to the military. Mm. But I kept asking her, like, "What is the other alternative? Like, look at the situation." Finally, she said yes. Yeah. So I put all my paperwork. I have a dearest brother. He's a friend. We're not brothers by blood, by
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, we've grown up together. We became friends since kindergarten.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: Life happened. We went apart and then we met again in high school. Like, we picked up from there. Like
0: Wonderful. Mm
1: -hmm. And we're like, this is February of 2018 now. Mm -hmm. We're now about to go to the recruitment a day, like tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want to call my God-given mother, Rachel Swanson. Mm -hmm. Perhaps this would be my last phone call to her.
0: Oh, how sweet.
1: Should I go into the military tomorrow morning? Mm. And we were talking on the phone and she was crying, just like my biological mother. Oh. Very <coughs> idea. Mm. And she was like, the next recruitment is in October of 2018. What if we just wait in between and see if God would do something? And sure enough, I said yes. Um, and I was like, "If nothing happens, October 2018 is gonna come. Gonna go to the military." And my brother Daniel mm-hmm. uh, is now in the military. Ah, that's how we could have ended up together. Yeah. And so my mom, in that February, flew from the U.S. to Lord War with our friends for Camp Nihop. Camp Nihop is a moment where our sponsors would come and spend about a week or two with the kids during the mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. And the last few days of the camp, my mom was like, what if God wants you to go to the United States?
0: Mm-hmm. And, so This is your mom, Rachel.
1: Yes, God wants you to go to the United States. We just moved from California to Washington. Mm-hmm. And there's this college called Clark College. It's about 17 minutes drive. It's very convenient. Let's explore this idea and see Hmm. what God does. Wow. Wow. So this is now April of 2018, May of 2018. I applied to Clark College and got accepted. Wow. Hmm. And getting accepted was one state, but also needed a visa yeah. to come to the U.S. So this is 2018 in the midst of uh, the former President Trump. And mm-hmm. there was a policy uh, that was very, very unfriendly to have many people come to the country, especially uh, in the eastern part of Africa, the Middle East region mm-hmm. of Europe. Of the mm-hmm. continent. And so, mm-hmm. because of that, we had done a research, and the work was like, okay, 95% chances of not getting a visa was very likely. Wow. And we were like, okay, let's just go by faith. And if we get a visa,
2: mm-hmm.
1: praise God and let's see how things would go.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, two months later, July of 2018, I was at the embassy
2: mm.
1: in Nairobi and was at the consulate. There was a very long line. Yeah. From yeah. 6 a.m. to about 8 a.m. Two hours later is when I was like being able to get to the interview. Mm-hmm. And the very first three people before me got denied. And I just believe this is a domino effect. Mm. Um like just getting denied, denied. One of the three people before me was a gentleman. I believe was in his mid thirties, if not early forties,
2: mm.
1: who just like wept after getting denied. Oh. And this was his third time Ugh. of putting a visa. And I was like, okay, God, if this is your plan, let mm-hmm. it be. If not, well, you know what I'm gonna do next. I'm gonna go to the military. Military, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I got to the interview, got to the consulate. And the interviewer, I remember vividly asking me one question in two ways. Why are you going to the U.S. and with whom are you going to stay with? I was like, I'm going to the U.S. for educational purposes with hopes of giving back to my community. And I'm going to live with my foster parents. um, Hmm. And they just live not far from college. She looked back at me and said, Your visa have been approved. And there was this joy in me. Wow. I have not been there even more than like two minutes. You're supposed to be there like for like five minutes, you're paying (laughs) the rules
2: like
1: that long. And my visa got approved. And about a month later, I was on the plane for the first time.
0: Oh my gosh. And yeah. Wow. But what an amazing story and it, and it's just yeah it's kind of like why why me right but yeah, that the- but that says something that God's got a purpose in this and now you look at this incredible leadership that you are a part of um tell us a little bit about that you have this passion for uh, a yeah. leadership in our state around advocating for other students. Tell tell me a little bit more about that and how you got into that.
1: Yes. Uh, so I got to the country <coughs> late summer of
2: 2018.
1: I mm-hmm. guess September, mm-hmm. I began college mm-hmm. preparing for my engineering work. Uh-huh. My I had this 15 year plan. Ah. Finishing Clark College, going to Holy Cross, Notre Dame, then got to Texas for a PhD or a master's uh, in wow. engineering, mm-hmm. and then go work as mm-hmm. an engineer mm-hmm. in Kenya or in Europe was like one of those. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so everything was laid down. And I was just like, finish every step and check the box and keep going. Mm-hmm. But in the winter of 2019, there was a heavy heft in my heart. Mm. I, just, I just remember to this day how different that is.
2: Mm.
1: And it transformed who I am. Mm. It completely gave me a new sense of what I would value in life. And during that moment, I was questioning and asking God, what is it that would bring a sense of fulfillment to me?
2: Mm.
1: Why did you create me? Mm. And why did you bring to the United States? Did I just come here to become an engineer and do things? Just because I can does not mean I should. Uh Uh-huh. And I talked to my parents like the Holy Spirit is about to tell me something. God is about to speak something. I did not know what that is.
2: Mm.
1: My parents were persuaded that I should go to a seminary and Mm. study to become a preacher and go and preach. Mm. It was that, like the context, just that and like, And I was like, the way I'm seeing the future, the way I'm envisioning the future, the the, the dreams I see and the visions, there's nothing near preaching. Mm. But there's just something I don't know what that is. Mm. And so before the spring of 2019, I left college one afternoon around Friday, I believe, and came home. I don't take naps. I believe that's just very common of engineering people. Uh, (laughs) I talk to other engineers like, they don't take naps. like, okay, this is probably part of the culture of engineering. And so that day, I was very, very tired and just went to sleep after I get home. Hmm. And... The moment before I wake up, I would say the reason I woke up from that afternoon sleep is a voice that I had heard mm-hmm. saying, Joseph. And I woke up and I was like, What do you mean, Joseph? Joseph, what? Mm-hmm. So I talked to my parents and we prayed about it. Days later, it's like, wait a minute, there was a symbolic message to this. <laughs> Joseph served God in governance. Yes, yes he did. And that's part of you, that's your purpose, is to serve God's people through governance. Hmm. I left engineering and I never looked back. Wow. <laughs> and that became the guiding moral compass
2: <sighs>
1: that has given me a sense of purpose in life. Uh, and I thought engineering was, but now hmm. there's something to our lives as human beings that is so fundamental that when we put our lives to serve other people, it shifts everything, it shifts our values, it shifts our perspectives, it shifts our bias, it shifts almost everything, and it yeah. helps us mm-hmm. to continue seeking every way to serve other people. Mm-hmm. And since 2019. I got elected to serve as student body president of Clark College. I started working with uh, our local representatives, uh, Southwest Washington.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And to 2021, when God gave me the opportunity to serve all the students in the state of Washington Mm -hmm. uh, through the Washington Student Association, uh, which Mm -hmm. is the governing body across the Washington state, uh, Mm -hmm. and continue to work with. Highly respectable people Mm -hmm. in the state legislature, in the governor's office.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And piecing these things together, they could have never come into fruition had God not revealed to me my sense Mm of purpose.
0: That's amazing. And the
1: moment every day I wake up, I wake up because I feel a sense of fulfilled.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Public service for other people. Uh, that is just, and this is going to be the rest of my life.
0: So, that's so exciting. So tell me what you hope for in, in you're, okay, you're going to graduate from this amazing school with a master's in public policy and governance. And what do you hope for with that? What do you hope to um,
1: do? So in addition to grad school, I have law school, Uh so I'm going to study constitutional law. Wow. And okay. finish it by 2027. Wow. Okay. So my hope is that by 2027 mm-hmm. God would make it apparent mm-hmm. everything that he ought to establish that he ought to steward mm-hmm. through his people. Mm-hmm. And God has already gifted me with so many people across the state of Washington. And as you can tell, when we were at the governor's prayer breakfast, um, there's no way I could have come from Kenya and come to the governor's prayer breakfast. Right. Yeah, yeah. And God has given me the opportunity to be here. And so my hope is that God would reveal it fully, the manifestation of everything.
0: Okay. And
1: mm-hmm. what you want, I will trust that he will. Yes. For of yeah. his time.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. And that's a great lesson for all of us to trust him. One, one step at a time. He's giving yes. you this direction and now you're trusting him for the next step and the next. That's beautiful. And I forgot to mention that you Evans were our, um, our young adult speaker at the governor's prayer breakfast this year, an emerging leader. And, uh, you did a beautiful job there. That was uh, just really a, a gift to have you there. And it's a gift to hear your story today. I have one follow-up question. and what? what would you say that God is teaching you now in the midst of everything that you're learning and everything you've been through? What is he teaching you now?
1: I believe what God is teaching me is to continue to be a student of faith. Continue to be a student of public service,
2: mm. continue
1: to be a student of life,
2: mm-hmm.
1: continue to learn and listen and trust in Him. Wow. Because in the absence of that, I cannot explain mm-hmm. how it should work out. Yeah, yeah. It's listening and trusting in Him and being obedient to his work and continue serving his people wholeheartedly.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Yeah, I just say this because I remember in the last three years there's been been like a conflict in my heart Mm -hmm. because coming from Kenya and being here and do the work here Mm
2: -hmm. there's like
1: an identity crisis that comes with it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But the Holy Spirit Has taught me that serving God, serving His people, and doing His work should be your concern, not about identity. Your identity is in your father, not in what's politically defined in this world. (laughs) And so that discernment, that essence of like being a student and a steward of God's resources with God's people. Uh, one or among the lessons that I've learned so far and continue to learn.
0: That's so. beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. why well, I, I can't thank you enough. I know I can see in your eyes that a lot of a lot of your story is still very painful to talk about, and it it, it uh, grieves my heart to think about the kids that are still out on the streets in many places in the world, including here. And I'm just so thankful to hear your story and how God guided you step by step. And this beautiful woman, Rachel, who stepped into your life and uh, so thankful for her because you're going to make a difference in the world. You you are, Evans. You already are. And um, I'm just thankful for that and thankful that God has brought you to this place and excited to see how the next part of the story. So we'll um yeah. we'll have to stay in touch and uh, hear how God is leading you next. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you, thank you. Yes, how and much.
0: bless bless you, my friend. I'm thank so you. honored, honored to know you and to hear your story. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to the Take Root podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and share. To learn more about Centered and hear more stories of discovery and growth in Jesus visit us at center.org.